And I've got the fourth week in a row here now with weekly jobless claims coming in below 200,000, but just above expectations uh, for 190,000. They came in at 196. Indices getting just a little bit of a, a lift here. Looks like the NASDAQ up about 1.2% here now as we speak. And again, just pointing out weekly jobless claims just hit the wire at 196,000. They were looking for 190. Prior is uh, remains at 183. So the weekly number coming in just above expectations here. And it looks like that four-week moving average, a uh, downtick there to 189,000 from 191. Again, the indices, uh, well, for the most part, this one's been well-received so far. You can see very much range-bound still, and they'll contain. Let's bring in Dan Deming. He's our next guest, the Managing Director at KKM Financials, joining us this morning to help us break it down. Dan, I mentioned here the fourth week in a row that we've seen uh, this number coming below two. 200,000 and we haven't seen that since April. No, I know, Ben. Yeah, it's uh, again continuing to hold under this 200 level is impressive. You know, I guess so the jury's still out as to when uh, some of these, uh, you know, uh, layoffs and such um, are going to start hitting uh, the weekly data points. But to this point, they haven't necessarily. We, I mean, we came in 6,000 higher than expected, but still anything below 200,000. From a historical perspective, is uh, very strong, and um, as you pointed out, Ben, the, you know you, we continue to see the trends uh, ticking lower as well. Uh, so, uh, you know, by and large, I guess you have to th make the point that uh, you know we continue to so show pretty strong uh, job numbers, and the economy is showing signs of uh, deflationary type of pressures to some degree, at least the start of that, and uh, you know the markets are identifying that as a positive, at least this morning. Yeah, a slight downtick in the uh, jobless claims on the four-week moving average, something I know you've told us to keep an eye on in the past. And, you know, Dan, as you say that, I think this is uh, just a reflection of what we've been seeing, right, the trend, uh, strong labor conditions here in the U.S. And what we heard from Kashkari, the fact that uh, it seems like those hikes that we've seen, uh, some layoffs have been announced, but we haven't really seen it show up in the data at this point. Right, yeah. And and that's the one thing I think that definitely needs to be uh, kept in perspective, Ben, because, you know, the, some of the data points that we received last year that pushed uh, inflation higher than what many market participants expected was the fact that the, the lag, particularly when mm -hmm. it comes to uh, rents and things like that. I mean, there's a, there could be a six to nine month lag before some of that uh, really hits the data points. And, you know, that's probably a similar storyline this time around as, as your uh, previous guest mentioned as well that um, you know it's going to take a while for these uh, layoffs and these uh, shifting dynamics within the uh, the uh, the um, business structure that we're starting to see, you know, uh, hit the hit the numbers. I think so. That could uh, still be a couple months out before we start to see a real drop. It potentially in uh, or increase, I should say, in these weekly jobless numbers. And all that being said, and uh, based on some of the data, it seems like crude getting a little bit of a lift recently back to the $78 level. I've been kind of chalking it up to the idea being that with the labor markets as strong as they have, and I mean, maybe a recession gets pushed back a little bit, or at the very least, we're kind of more accepting of the narrative of soft landing. Yeah, for sure. And then, yeah, also just the idea that um, not only here in the U.S., Ben, but I think globally as yeah. well is the key point there. As we continue to see uh, China starting to import more crude and India certainly importing more crude. So, you know, those are two massive uh, economic structures that are showing signs of uh, continued uh, economic activity or increased economic activity. 
And I think that that's also helping to support the global perception of crude. Certainly quite a dispersion between crude and natural gas. And uh, again, natural gas got into its own little uh, storyline last year that it's kind of unwinding from now. But crude certainly still seems like, uh, you know, it's going to maintain this range. We tested the low end of the range a few days ago and mm -hmm. we we're able to hold it once again, Ben. So we'll see if we can get it back up to that 82 and a half level. But by and large, really for the last several months, crude has found a range between basically 72 to 82. A wicked move in natural gas, to say the least, from the $5 highs we saw last year down and really accelerated below $3 this year. Let's talk about how, well, the EIA didn't back it up. They showed a small build, but uh, the API this week, the first draw since the end of December. Uh, what are you seeing, Dan, in terms of supplies? Well, the EIA two days ago, Ben, did announce that they see supply outpacing demand as we move through 2023 from a global perspective. So that I think that's when we did see that big drop. Uh, it was it created some selling pressure on natural gas, uh, pushed it down to its two plus year lows. Uh, so I think, you know, the, the consensus is, at least at this point, that there's going to be plenty of natural gas supply as we move through the year. And uh, certainly there's still some ramifications in Europe, uh, you know, but nonetheless, we're still seeing some of the stress there coming out of the market as well. But overall, it does appear that uh, at least to this point, the EIA has indicated that they see ample supplies as we move through 2023. Dan, talk to us a little bit about what's going on with uh, gold. I want to talk metals for a minute and get into copper in a second, tying it back to China and how it has been a little bit less enthusiastic relative to what we've seen as far as crude. But gold right now comfortable around this 1900 level. Is this still a dollar story? Yeah, I, I think so, Ben. A dollar and rate story. Yeah. And, and they all work kind of in conjunction with each other. So, uh, you know, we saw the dollar coming off its recent lows and pushing back up into the 103 handle. Now it's drifting back below the 103 handle. Uh, but I think that was part of the reason why we saw a bit, a little bit of a reset of expectations in gold and pushing it below 1900. And but it's coming off those recent lows and be able to hold this level just below 1900, as you pointed out, Ben. And also the dollar. I mean, the dollar being one, and then certainly rates being the other component here, as we did get a reset there after uh, several Fed officials and the Fed announcement last week indicated that there's still potential for rate hikes here moving through the next couple of meetings. And um, you know, but nothing really outside of what would be considered a reversal, I think, at this point. So just kind of a shifting dynamic based on the message that the Fed was delivering. You know, copper got a lift recently. It seemed like on some of the optimism tied to the reopening trade, but it's paused a bit here now. A sense of realism kind of coming back into play. Right. As I look at copper back to, uh, it looks like April, May, June levels here, crude back to those levels last year. I mean, be up around the 90, 93 level, but uh, here's crude right now relative to the 50-day moving average. You can see it's just now inching above, but I wanted to pull up copper here because here you can see copper again. It's been holding above the 50 for the most part for a while, but it does seem to be pausing here right now as we look at it, Dan, right around this $4 level. It does, Ben. Yeah. And um, again, I mean, it's, it's it's an uneven type of structure right now to some degree. And, and I think that that's part of the reason. And copper certainly got bit up you know, it came off and it realized a significant upside there with the expectations that, you know, we're starting to see, I think really, I mean, it was when China kind of relieved some of the tension, or I should say the stress that was being caused by the COVID policies. And, um, you know, so copper certainly benefited from that storyline. But now you, I think you're seeing that it maybe got a little bit ahead of itself. You know, it's, it's uneven from a global perspective as far as this uh, ability to kind of manage uh, what is viewed as 
you know, some slowing and some uh, coordinated attempt to slow things down from, you know, by the central banks to get inflation under control without, you know, breaking the economy. And uh, so I think that that's part of the theme, possibly why copper has lost a little bit of its upside for the time being, because I think it got ahead of itself. You know, I look at these products, Dan, and, and maybe not so much copper, but uh, crude, gold, I guess one could argue, these commodities. And I'm kind of thinking back to when the war in Ukraine started uh, about a year ago, basically. Uh, there was some uncertain terms of how long it would last, the intensity of the impact it would have. And now that we're into a year uh, and we're hearing of Russia actually starting to ramp things up potentially again into the spring uh, this summer, I guess I'm wondering how much of the kind of callous aspect that we have when you get kind of caught up in that headline and, and we're so tick for tick driven in many ways. I mean, is this still a focal point? Is this still a concern and a rest to be had? Well, I think the market's got a handle on it. It's, I think that's why you're not seeing it impact the market as much as it was because of the uncertainty, at least the, the you know, has been priced out a, to some degree uh, because it's regionalized. I mean, certainly it still has global aspects. And so maybe I think you're right, Ben. I think that's a great observation that how it has become just kind of background noise to yeah. the overall global uh, economic structure and, and global activity is uh, yeah that's that could be a, a something that the market is discounting at its own peril so uh there's, there's still a high possibility that you know this could turn into something bigger than just what it is currently is and, and being contained to that region and the and that's what the market didn't know last year yeah. now we've been a year in and it has you know the sense that it's contained but you know that could always change and so i think that is a risk as we move through this year you know i think that containment probably uh what's helped the market come off those lows that we saw last absolutely fall. Uh, the October lows down around 3,500 uh, uh, and the realization of that and uh, maybe again into the new year here that may not be such an issue if this continues and becomes more prolonged. Dan Deming, appreciate you joining us. Let's break right, down ben. the number. Take a look at commodities here this morning. Dan Deming, the managing director at KCAM Financial.